0: Careless acts cannot be undone, nor thoughtless words recall.
1: Think before you speak.
2: The Outline, World Dispatch.
1: It's Tuesday, June 20th, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries, and today on The Dispatch, we have a single story. William Turton reports on Apple's global war on leakers. Here's The Dispatch. The future. William Turton is a staff writer at The Outline, and I'm here with him now.
2: Hey, what's up?
1: William, what are we talking about today?
2: We're talking about a meeting. Where? Um, At Apple.
1: What is this meeting about? Leaking. And it leaked? Yep. So Apple has a history of being a secretive company. Steve Jobs was extremely secretive.
2: Yeah, and in 2012 at the All Things D conference, Apple CEO Tim Cook said he wanted to double down on the secrecy that Apple was already famous for.
0: We're going to double down on secrecy on products. Wow. We're going to double down. I'm very serious. I'm very serious. I want to double down on this.
1: And we now have some more insight into what it actually looks like now that Apple has doubled down.
2: Yeah, we obtained a recording of a meeting at Apple about an hour long and uh, two senior employees who investigate and track down leaks uh, are presenting at this meeting.
1: Who are the, the senior members?
2: So the two people that are leading this meeting are David Rice, who's the director of global security at Apple, and Lee Friedman, who's the head of global investigations. And this presentation was called Stopping Leakers, Keeping Confidential at Apple. So this meeting was really interesting because... It's two senior Apple employees who run and kind of orchestrate this global operation in order to prevent leaks and to track down leakers once information about new products makes its way into the press. And it's these two people speaking very candidly to a group of assembled Apple employees about how they do what they do, why they do what they do, um, and why it's so important to the company that they keep all this information confidential. You know, the stated reason that Apple gives to its employees is that they want to surprise and delight their customers. They think there's some inherent magic to the idea that when they present a product for the first time at one of their famous keynotes, and no details about it have been leaked to the press, and no one else at Apple even knows any details about this new product that it makes it so much more important and so much more significant that they're able to tell the story. And someone else hasn't been able to shape the narrative around that product. Cred Federici and Phil Schiller, two top Apple executives, actually were interviewed at the Worldwide Developers Conference earlier this month. And one of the last questions in this interview done by Apple vlogger John Gruber was about leaks. Here's Phil Schiller, Senior Vice President, Worldwide Marketing.
0: But at the end of the day, it's, it's really great when you're a team who's worked so hard, you've a couple of years of your life on something, and you get the opportunity to have Craig or me or someone else present it, and the whole world's hearing it for the first time, they're hearing what you think about it and, and why we think it matters, and there's that excitement, enthusiasm, and your heart goes out to the team that's worked so hard on it because they got their moment for the love and energy they deserve, right? And so that's one of the many reasons that it matters.
2: And it was interesting to me a word that both of them used was how leaks anger them and how it angers the staff of Apple. Here's Craig Federighi, Senior Vice President, Software Engineering.
0: They, they get, uh, yeah, they get really angry, uh, you know, when, when one of these happens. It's just a... Uh, uh, Huge disservice to the amount of work they put into it when, when it does,
1: right. And this briefing starts with sort of a promotional, an internal promotional video that has Apple employees talking about the phenomenon of leaks,
2: right. So this video, it's a succession of employees talking about what leaks mean to them. In this video, one employee said, "Quote: When I see a leak in the press." For me, it's gut-wrenching. It really makes me sick to my stomach, end quote. Wow. There's multiple employees in this video, and another one says, quote, I look at it as is, you know, how do you keep other things in your life a secret if you don't talk about your credit card numbers or your bank account with your friends and family? And I look at it that way with Apple's technology and what we work on. It's privileged and it's confidential, end quote. Another one says, quote, When you leak this information, you're letting all of us down, end quote.
1: So I get the impression that in the past, Apple's product leaks were mostly coming out of China. They were coming out of the supply chain, like when photos of the iPhone 5 leaked in 2012. This stuff was coming out of the factories.
2: Right. So a lot of the times, if you're kind of into following gadgets, you'll see the first news about some new Apple product usually includes some grainy picture of a piece of metal um, that's obviously been pulled straight off the supply chain. Um, But an interesting thing that we learned from this meeting is that now that Apple has locked down so much on the supply chain in China, more leaks are coming from Apple campuses in California than they are from China.
1: Yeah, and it was tough for Apple to crack down like this because there's a lot of incentive if you're a factory worker to smuggle out some part and get paid, basically.
2: Right. You can make a lot of money by stealing Apple parts. Um, David Rice, who is the director of global security and formerly worked at the National Security Agency, said, quote, a lot like 99.9% of these folks are good people who are coming to a place that has a job. They're going to make money and they're going to go back and start a business in their province or they're going to go do something else with it, support their family but there's a whole slew of folks that can be tempted because what happens if I offer you, say, three months of salary? In some cases, we've seen up to a year's worth of salary being rewarded for stealing products out of the factory, end quote.
1: And there's also just so many people coming in and out of these factories.
2: So when David Rice was describing the amount of people that they have to account for every day at their factories, he said, quote, so a million more than even just United States air traffic, and that's just for the factories, end quote.
1: But that seems to have changed. It seems like now Apple is having more success with preventing these things from being stolen and information leaking out of China.
2: Right. So David Rice talked a lot about how Apple's team over in China has been, quote, busting their ass, end quote. So now that they've kind of cracked down on leaks in China, they've realized that more leaks are coming from their campuses in California. So something that's really interesting from this recording is that Rice gives uh, specific data on the amount of enclosures that they had stolen year by year.
1: And what's an enclosure?
2: So an enclosure, also sometimes called a housing, is like the metal back of your iPhone. And Rice indicated that these housings are kind of a trove of information. He said, quote, so if you have a housing, you pretty much know what we're going to ship, end quote. And as for specific data, he said, quote, in 2014, we had 387 enclosures stolen. In 2015, we had 57 enclosures stolen, 50 of which were stolen the night of announce, which was so painful, end quote.
1: So he's saying there that they had to, for purposes of accounting, say that those enclosures were stolen before the announcement.
2: Right, so it's...
1: Even though it happened on the same night.
2: You can kind of glean from the way he talks is that This team keeps a lot of meticulous data to see how much stuff was stolen, how much they were able to recover, things like that. And so Rice said in 2016, uh, only four housings were stolen. So he said, quote, so it's about a 1 in 16 million loss ratio, which is unheard of in the industry, end quote.
1: All right. So the loss ratio is going way down in China, and the focus for finding leakers is shifting to Apple's campuses in California.
2: Right. Um, and Rice explained this by saying, quote, last year was the first year that Apple leaked more than the supply chain.
1: And he's talking about Apple, Apple's corporate campuses.
2: Right, where the developers and engineers and designers work. Got it. Quote, more stuff came out of Apple last year than all of our supply chain combined, end quote. He then says, quote, I think the noise has always been high here. And once the supply chain noise dropped down, suddenly we realized, oh, crap, we have a problem here, end quote.
1: So I thought this was interesting because it's a shift in motive in the type of leaker Apple's dealing with. You are seeing a change from basically monetary incentive to something else. So if you're dealing with a Chinese farmer who is figuring out that there's some easy cash to be made by like throwing an apple part over a fence, that makes a lot of sense. You can address that in a certain way. Um, But when you've got... Apple employees in California, you imagine that they're paid fairly well. They have a pretty cushy situation. They're not doing this for money most of the time.
2: Or anytime, really. Or
1: anytime, yeah. Right. So they're they're motivated by something else.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. If you're working at Apple, you're probably one of the best paid employees around. You know, they pay top dollar and they're the most valuable company in the world. So why would someone risk their job to leak something to the press? Well, the senior Apple employees that led the briefing talked about how bloggers will build relationships with Apple employees over Twitter, and sometimes they can say too much before they realize that it's too late. Um, but obviously, it varies widely, and it's not as just obvious as you know monetary gain.
1: Do you buy it that these leaks hurt Apple?
2: Well, they probably do in a monetary sense. Um, Tim Cook on an earnings call last month said... You know, we're seeing low purchase intent for the current iPhone, the iPhone 7, because there's been leaks about the iPhone 8 and people waiting to buy that one.
0: Uh, we're seeing what we believe to be uh, a pause in, in uh, purchases on iPhone, which we believe are, are due to the uh, earlier and much more frequent uh, reports about uh, future iPhones. And so uh, that that part is clearly going on, and, and it could be uh, what's uh, behind the the data. I, I don't know, but but we are seeing that in, in full transparency.
2: So, yeah, it probably does hurt, and it probably hurts their ego a little bit, because I think they take a lot of pride in keeping products secret.
1: Yeah, and in that interview we talked about earlier, between John Gruber, Phil Schiller, and Craig Federighi, they talk about how, you know, this, this is because there's a ton of interest in Apple. There's a lot of hype. Right.
0: We get that there's a passion out there and there's a voracious appetite to understand what's going on and to gain an insight. And there are <laughs> sites that love Apple that post stuff just out of, you know, a misplaced love of us, honestly. And, and that's, that's good. We can't ever f- be mad at that or upset about that. It's more the, 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 you know, the lost opportunity to make a lot of people really
2: happy with the news it's really important for them that they control the narrative around new products and don't want their customers to have preconceived notions about why they made a product or what a product does because they read it on some blog a couple months before it was announced.
1: And you can tell how serious Apple is about this because we were looking at LinkedIn profiles for some of the employees who are on these teams, global security, and the various teams underneath it, new product security and um, investigations. And their resumes include things like FBI, CIA, Department of State, Defense Intelligence Agency, defense contractors, lots of law enforcement, lots of military. It's people with very serious backgrounds.
2: Right. And David Rice, who's the director of global security, worked at the National Security Agency for four years. A lot of these people worked in the Army or the Navy or some worked as special agents in the Secret Service.
1: So it was an hour-long meeting. There was a lot to break down. Um, There's even more in the story at theoutline.com if you want to go check it out. In the meantime, William, what was the most interesting part of this recording to you?
2: You know, I thought something that was really fascinating was how Apple employees and vice presidents talked about how they should do the right thing. So in one of these videos, an Apple vice president, Greg Joswiak, said, quote, I have this faith deep in my soul that if we hire smart people, they're going to think about this. They're going to understand this, and ultimately, they're going to do the right thing, and that's to keep their mouth shut.
1: William, thanks so much. Thanks. That concludes The Dispatch. If you're just joining us, we do this four days a week, every week. If you like what you hear, subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. I'm Adrian Jeffries. More stories tomorrow.